Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Hope everything, uh, well, I hope your weekend went well. Hope you had a nice restful weekend. And uh, it was kind of a weird news weekend, but it was nonetheless full of stories. My weekend was uneventful, which is not a bad thing, you know. I just sort of hung around the uh, the place. And it wasn't a great weather weekend where I am. It uh, uh, was rainy and kind of blah. You know, yeah, that's what it was here too. I was like going, well, you know, what are you going to do? So you know, I stayed around, did some work on the computer, you know, and that was it. You know, I'll tell you, I'm glad I didn't go to the white house, uh, press correspondence dinner. Oh, oh, you missed, you missed, you I know. know, you missed that funny man, Joe Biden, you I, know? Oh, he's a laugh a minute, isn't he? Holy yeah. Comedy, comedy, Brandon. Yeah. Whatever you call yeah. it. I, I should play. I got a two minute, uh, report. Uh, about that event, and it's done by NBC, so it's uh, oh. it's a bit uh, sycophantic, you know, if you know what I mean. It's like, oh, we were there, and he was so great. Listen. A night of toasts and roasts at the White House Correspondents' Dinner Saturday. After all, I believe in the First Amendment, not just because my good friend Jimmy Madison wrote it. <laughs> President Biden poking fun at the fact he's the oldest commander-in-chief in history. You say I'm ancient. I say I'm wise. You say I'm over the hill. Don Lemon would say that's a man who's prime. Downplaying concerns as voters raise questions about his ability to serve in recent polling. Is Joe Biden awake? Fodder for the evening's featured comedian, Roy Wood Jr. We have an 80-year-old man begging us for four more years of work. Begging. The president roasting Republicans, including his predecessor, former President Trump. We added 12 million jobs. That's just counting the lawyers that defended the president. Using his own 2024 campaign theme to take aim at Fox News' recent shakeup. The job isn't finished. I mean, it is finished for Tucker Carlson. What are you wooing about like that? Jokes aside, the president focusing much of his remarks on press freedom and wrongfully detained Americans, like Evan Gershkovich, Austin Tice, and Paul Whelan. I promise you, I am working like hell to get them home. A glimmer of hope for the uh, families as WNBA superstar Brittany Griner, freed from Russia at the end of last year, received an extended standing ovation. Oh, gag me. Love you, Brittany. Yeah. Monica Alba, NBC News, the White House. Oh, my gosh. I got to tell you, uh, I don't know. That, that just sort of turns my stomach. First of all, the report is uh, sycophantic. Oh, he was there and he... He had such good things to say about the press. and Well, you know, Joe Biden, you know, when you're talking about Brittany and everything, let's just be honest. You know, he's Mr. Uh, racial Equality himself. He has never done, and rumors to the opposite, has been a racist, you know. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have friends that were part of the KKK. Uh, he's never done anything, you what? know. What? <laughs> Anti-racist. Well, look, you look at the rest of everything he said, you know, about the fake media that we need to get rid of it. You know, he said that, you know, he thinks he he thinks he's a real Ronald Reagan with his, uh, you know, his uh, smoothness of the words and using the age as a badge of honor. Who perfected that? Um, Ronald Reagan. So, you know, he you had know, some writers, but Ronald did it himself. He said something about uh well, I'll, I'll let him say it himself. This is a remark he said uh, towards the end of his speech. In a lot of ways, this dinner sums up my first two years in office. I'll talk for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. And then they, 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 they clap and they applaud like, oh, it's so funny. Wait a second, pal. That's the first honest statement he made in the whole speech. Should you be laughing and applauding, you you ridiculous people? You. He also said this toward the very end. Listen. I'm going to uh, turn this over to Roy. Roy, the podium is yours. I'm going to be fine with your jokes, but I'm not sure about dark branding. <laughs> and he puts on his aviator sunglasses 
and he he tries to look cool because he's pretending he's dark Brandon. He's always done that sunglass trick. I mean, what's he trying to do? Hide the fact that he's the devil? I don't know. And I think he was at the wrong dinner myself. Yeah, he should have been uh, up north a little bit in, oh, I don't know, uh, Massachusetts? Yeah, in Boston they had, this turns my stomach. I, I hesitate to even play this, but I think that you have to know your enemy. Mm-hmm. You have to know that they exist. And uh, I always kind of bless myself before I play this. <laughs> but this oh, is. Oh, you got to. This is uh, at SatanCom. I'm serious. They're having a convention for Satanists in Boston, and they opened it with this. I'll just explain it to you in the beginning so you can listen for it. She, she welcomes people, and they do this hail, you know, and then she. She takes a Bible and tears it up. Listen, this is what she does. She says she destro- we destroy the symbol of oppression, and then she's tearing up a Bible. And listen to the whooping. It sounds like it's the view. Probably is whoopee somewhere there to be found. Unbelievable. And, you know, she's an attractive young woman, and I think to myself, does she know that she's damning herself? I mean, does she well, really Well, I would know? say she's, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Obviously, there's the commandments, and but you know, there's one sin that you can never break, and it's very clear about that. You'll never put up another god before me. Right. Well, and if you if you are a Satanist, I don't believe in God. You know, there's no such thing. But I worship the devil. Then you believe in God because without God, there is no devil. If you get what I'm, my drift there. And you know, there, the thing is, it don't confuse atheist with Satanist. There's a yeah. difference. Uh, atheists don't have a God, or they don't believe in God. They don't believe in anything. But Satanists, they believe in Satan. They worship Satan. They they embrace um, the devil, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different thing from even atheists. I mean, I'm a, I am a practicing Christian. I, I love and adore Jesus Christ. And I hope that when my time comes, I'm on his side of the fence as opposed to the other side. But these people are publicly on stage, actively participating in, in the worship of evil. Now, they probably would say, well, you have it all wrong. No, 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 please. A horse by, you know, what do they say? Uh, something by any other name. It, it is still the devil. You can call him Satan, Lucifer. Uh, Beelzebub, whatever you want, it's evil. It's the devil. And to think that they're, I mean, I would, I would probably, if I own that hotel that they're doing this in, I probably would have to bring in some uh, clergy to bless that room uh, after they're finished because, oh, my God, the, the things that they have conjured up are just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh. Yeah, I agree with you, and uh, I'm not worried about the the hereafter because I know where I'm going. So I'm not, I don't even question it, and I know you don't either. But uh, and Biden doesn't question where he's going. As a matter of fact, uh, he is that prince of darkness. He is uh, dark, Brandon. He just admitted it. Well, yeah, I couldn't help but think when I was listening to him talk, Bill, that uh, he is he is an evil guy. I mean, I, I got to play another bit of audio for sure. you. Uh, this, if I can find it, uh, please stand by. Marjorie Taylor Greene. She was at another function, another banquet on uh, Saturday night. And it was the Lincoln Day dinner, I think. Uh, I think it was in her area of the woods in Georgia. Here's what I found out this week. There is a website, you may or may not have heard about it, called Pornhub. It is a disgusting porn website. As a matter of fact, it should be illegal. I can't even, I don't even know why it exists. 
But Hunter Biden used to have multiple accounts on this Pornhub pornography sex website. And these aren't accounts where he could go watch pornography. These are accounts where he posted his sex videos, like the ones that are on the Hunter Biden laptop. This week, I found out, you wanna know what? He still has an account on Pornhub where his videos are posted. It is still live and active. This is the son of the President of the United States. Hunter Biden is the most disgusting, vile, embarrassment, piece of trash. And that is what is a reflection on our country. And they attacked President Trump and his family? I don't care how people vote. Republican, Democrat, Independent, non-political, whatever. That fact right there should be so offensive to every single American that we do something about it. I am very serious when I say we have to impeach Joe Biden because he is corrupt. She really nails him. There is a site called Pornhub, she says. I don't know if you could hear it. And uh, he has accounts on it where he post yeah. he posted videos of himself. I uh, just uh, I just searched. Did you? Uh, I got to get this off my phone now, but I just searched <laughs> Hunter Biden Pornhub, and the first thing that comes up is Hunter's laptop. Schoolgirl gets blank blank blanked. Schoolgirl. So we traffic this this country is the number one trafficker in you know children. For sex. Right. And here's the president's son with a video that's two years old that uh, dates back to when he was running. Yeah, but apples don't fall far from the tree. I mean, we know what... Uh... No, absolutely not. Where did the bus loads of kids that came across the border go? Are they in a Pornhub video? Probably. Somebody ought to sit there and start looking at all these so-called kid videos and find all of that stuff and find out through photo recognition if that's them and, you know, see what's going on here because... You know, I'm a little concerned that, you know, somebody goes, oh, well, you know, I found this in Hunter. But, you know, there are people that delve into that stuff on every side of the family. I mean, Joe they... took showers with his his teenage daughter, which yeah. I, I still find mind-boggling myself. I think to my, uh, how could a guy do that? How could he justify doing that? Well, all I can say, if, if you're sitting there going, oh, that's kind of cool, I want to look that up. Think about it, you know, not as just somebody's little girl. What if it was your little girl? Yeah. Would you think differently then? You know, if you don't, then, you know, I have a suggestion for you, but I can't say it in a podcast because it's, you know, very mean. There were a number of banquets over the weekend. There were the good banquets and the bad banquets. And I think Marjorie Taylor Greene was the good one. Uh, I think she she was talking to people who have... Uh, uh, a soul, and people who believe in truth and justice and honesty and integrity. And then Joe was down at the White House correspondence. I mean, these people play a role when they're down there, don't they? I mean, they go down mm -hmm. there and they pretend they're supposed to be the press, and they try to foster on the public an image of neutrality and honesty and integrity, and yet they get together for one night down in D.C., and they just let the veil fall to the floor. You know, I mean, they get they get there and they get a chance to laugh and giggle with uh, the president about all of the corruption they're really doing, and ain't it funny? I mean, listen, I'm going to play it for you one more time. Listen to the remark that, that Joe makes about Tucker. Well, the truth is, we really have a record to be proud of. Vaccinated the nation, transformed the economy, Earned historic legislative victories and midterm results, but the job isn't finished. I mean, it is finished for Tucker Carlson. <laughs> what are you wooing about like that? Like, you think that's not reasonable? Give me a break. Just give me a break. Look, like often. Oh, give me a break. 
Give me a break. You know, Joe. Give all the, America I mean, a break and don't run. But yeah. then again, what the Democrats are going to run in, in place of uh, is even scary as hell. They, their contenders are all scary. Uh, I got to tell you, though, I do think that Joe better be careful for what he wishes for. He says that Tucker's done. <laughs> no, Tucker. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. I, I think, Joe, that you may find out that he's going to have more influence than you can imagine in the coming year and a half, and it may be to your detriment. I'm just saying. You know, he was on the Internet, what was it, last Wednesday at 8 o'clock, his old time slot. Yep. And he put to shame the uh, the networks that he was putting to shame when he was on a network, and he yeah. put that network to shame. People are finding him and going to him, so it doesn't matter where you have a voice. The simple fact is, if people want that voice, they're going to go find that voice, no matter what you say. Oh, well, you know, he was fired from NBC, CNN, and uh, some other network, too, and uh, now he got fired from Fox. So what? So What's, you, it, you know. what's interesting is uh, I listened to Dan Bongino over the weekend, one of his podcasts, and it was the yeah. day, day after Tucker was fired, and it was the day after the Tucker video that he posted was aired. That's when it was. And he said, boy, uh, less than a day, and they've already had 12 million views, three times what his show drew on, a, on, on its best night. Well, I thought to myself, that's nothing, because when I checked, uh, I checked over the weekend, they had 47 million views. It went from like 12, 12 million less than a day after the, view, the video was posted to 47 million, and Tucker, on his best night, had 4.3 million people watching. I think I heard that he actually had more people watch that video than Fox News had for a whole week watching their entire network. Mm -hmm. Look, somebody is going to put something together. Now, Fox, they've got videos, oh, him saying different things. You know what? I bet you that no matter who you are, if I looked, somebody has a cell phone thing of you doing something, saying something that could be misconstrued. Oh, or even if it's so, you know, maybe you did something in a moment of stupidity, you know. That was then, this is now. But the simple fact is, uh, I just find it interesting that it's only people on the right, mm -hmm. only a right-leaning person that has sexual allegations pop up from people that say, well, I didn't go go and turn, you know, say anything then, but I told a friend, and here they are. I told them this happened 20 years ago with you. Yeah, and and therefore it's real. You know the E. Jean uh, E. Jean uh, Carroll uh, story there, where yeah. oh, I have witnesses. They're 30, all friends that I thirty five years. Yeah, it may have happened thirty five years ago, but that's besides the point. And I've written books and I've said things contradicting myself, but don't listen to those. Listen to these clowns over here. Yeah. Look, you know, do you have a little car that you all can get into and drive out? You know, drive away in. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's called a little a, horn out It's called window. a clown car. Because <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what this, uh, this is a clown show. But now I will say the bad news for Trump is that the judge slapped him and his attorneys with a million dollars in fines last week. Why? The judge said that Trump has filed, you know, counter junk suit law, junk lawsuits. Uh, you know, do you think that that Trump is going to have a fair trial in New York no. City with with judges that were appointed by Hillary? And Obama and whatever. No, it's done. So you're going to hear that, well, you know, he's coming up with these frivolous lawsuits. There's frivolous lawsuits every day, mostly filed by the left, and they get all heard unless it is somebody from the right going, hey, this isn't the, this isn't the truth. Oh, you're making that stuff up. You're an election denier. Imagine if a fire broke out. And it had rights. And the fire department came over to put out the fire, but the fire decided, to, no, 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 no. There's no fire here. What are you talking about? You know, it's like watching Rome burn when, you know, Nero set the fire. You know, we're modeled after Rome. Maybe maybe we're, we're doomed sometimes to I th Sometimes I think that we're beyond hope. Sometimes yeah. I, I think that there's so much corruption that has been fed into the system it's it's there it's it's permeated into a, the fabric of our whole country that we can't get rid of it it's yeah. it's metastasized 
Do you know? It, it's the left burning us down so that they can rebuild it into what they think it should be. Kind of like when Nero burned down Rome. You know, let's go ahead and burn it down. I didn't do this. But then I, I see Trump and I see his optimism. Even, how, how can a guy who's being attacked on a daily basis, he says it as a joke, but it's almost true. He says, heck, I fly over a county and somebody's suing me from that county. You know, yeah. and, and that's basically what's happening to the guy, yet he's still optimistic, which gives me pause. I mean, I think, well, he, maybe he just knows something that I don't know. I, no, I, you I got to hope. He, he's a beacon of hope that you've got to embrace uh, and say, you know what, I can shed that same light that he does. Yeah, somebody in that county can say, oh, his plane blocked my my sunlight when I was laying out trying to get a tan, and that just ruined my tan for 2.3 seconds, you know. But he, he's, he's a positive guy, and that's the only way you win in anything mm. is that you have to have – you have to have – you got to believe in your ability to make things My happen. Question, you got to believe hear, in what you do. Did, did you hear Biden make the remark at that dinner about how he's fighting to bring these journalists back from Russia – and I'm thinking, hey, you, you, you idiot! How about the hundreds, the thousands of people you may have left behind in Afghanistan? Are you oh, still fighting for them? He says he is. Now there was another speech. He goes, I want to bring back every soldier that has been supposedly left behind. Oh my! So God. he's setting the stage to sit there. There, there. If you notice, there was a lot of spin in everything he did there. On the media, they are going to spin this back to Trump and say it's Trump's fault. They're already saying, you know, the the bailout in Afghanistan, the equipment left behind, was Trump's fault. It wasn't, but yeah, but it, in the meantime, a lot of crap is falling down on them. For example, Tony Blinken is in deep trouble. He may be impeached because they have proof that he lied in front of Congress. It was said over the weekend on one of the talk shows, I think it was Maria's show, uh, I think it was uh, Senator Johnson from Wisconsin who mm-hmm. who said, no, no, he lied in front of us in Congress and we have proof. So, And he even said that, that he should either, res- either resign or be impeached. This is uh, Tony Blinken. Blinken he could be in be trouble. Impeached. We need to send a lesson. We need to send a message. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I, I don't know whether... Uh, Congress has the gonads because Congress is full of uh, huff and puff, but there's no flame. You know. They, they- well, let me tell you something. You're going to be a cornflake if you don't get some huff. Uh, you know, if you if you if you got nothing more than huff and puff, because <laughs> Blinken will sit there if he resigns, he goes into the mainstream and he'll end up on a left network as a commentator spewing his ugliness again. The simple fact is, yeah. he's got to be impeached. He's got to be taken down. And so does, He's got so does, to be hung on. If you can impeach a great president twice for nothing, you should be able to impeach a terrible, evil president for something. Yeah. Biden should be impeached. I mean, look at what he's done. I mean, he should, be, should have been impeached with what he did with Afghanistan. He retreated. He ran and left good people behind. You know, even if he even if he got somebody out of Afghanistan now, you have to wonder how many people died between the fall of Afghanistan and now because of his his irresponsible acts. You know, well, you know they're trying to take the debt ceiling and say the right is going against uh, the vets. They want to. They 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 want to take everybody and make them their own little group, you know. And I don't know who the guy is. They have something on Twitter where guys, you know, you know, cussing at the administration and the government because they're they're using the uh, the the vets as props. No, the left was using you as props, and they've set they've set the table now to sit there and use you. And if you don't see that. You know, you need to step back and open your eyes. Yeah, you are a prop, just not for the person you think you're a prop for. We have, I have a comment here from uh, RFK Jr. And, right. you know, I don't, I don't agree with a lot of his social uh, beliefs, but on a lot of things I do believe, and I do believe that he is basically an honest guy. I, I You right. know, he, he may have some uh, theories or beliefs that I don't agree with, 
but I don't think they're backed by the deep state or or people that uh, we didn't elect into office. Uh, I want to play for you a little clip of RFK when he was interviewed over the weekend. Climate issues and pollution issues are being exploited by, you know, the, the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates and all of these uh, big, you know, mega billionaires, the same way that COVID was exploited, uh, to use it as an excuse to clamp down top-down totalitarian controls on society and to, um, and then to give us engineering solutions and if you look closely, as it turns out, the guys who are promoting those engineering solutions are the people who, who own the IPs, the patents for those solutions. Oh, it's a way, you know, it's, it's being used. They've given climate uh, chaos a bad name, you know, because people now see that it's just another crisis that's being used to strip mine the wealth of the poor and to, you know, to enrich billionaires. And, uh, you know, I, I, for 40 years, have had the same policy on climate and engineering. You can go check my speeches from the 1980s. And I've said the most important solution for environmental issues is not top-down controls. It's free market capitalism. That's RFK uh, Jr. And what he says, the interesting part is, he talks about totalitarianism and the mega billionaires who are trying to run our lives. They're trying to make us more and more dependent on them mm -hmm. and big government. It's interesting because, you know, RFK Jr. is uh, not a poor man. The Kennedy family's worth millions and millions of dollars and will yeah. be for generations. But he's kind of a man of the people in that uh, he has always surrounded himself with with uh, regular people, ordinary people, he hasn't uh, he hasn't put a barrier around himself, and uh, so he's he's not going to endear himself to mainstream uh, the mainstream Democratic Party. You know, I'm sure they're concerned about him running against against Biden because even with his spasmodic uh, dysphoria or whatever they call it, uh, the the vocal problem that he has. His thoughts and his appearance and his 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 theories about things are much clearer and more interesting than this this buffoon that we have in the White House right now. I mean, the guy we have in the White House right now is he's not really the creator or author of these ideas. The, you know, when you hear him say something, that it's coming from a staff of of. Uh, Blurry people in the background. I say blurry people because we just can't see them, okay? And those are the people who are feeding the scripts to him. For example, Bill, at the press dinner, you know that those lines that he was making he were written for him. Yeah, he didn't write them down. It didn't come off the top of his head. Now, I got to tell you, if it were a dinner that Trump were at, I would be willing to bet you that most of his stuff comes off the top of his head. Yeah. He, he's that kind of guy, but... Biden, forget about it. Well, I think Biden was rehearsed for this uh, particular thing. If it was even Biden himself doing it, but well, let's get beyond that. Let's just say it was. He was well rehearsed. He delivered the lines the way he should have. But it was a stage speech. And why? Because all the press corps was there, or at least the ones that will take what he had to say and chop it up. And he's got sound bites for you know all the way through now and next year until election time that they're going to take. So he can go out and mumble all he wants to. That's all they're trying to do is get these sound bites to build and build their story. And then they'll keep throwing the negativity out towards Trump and try to bury him in fake, fr frivolous lawsuits. And they're doing a damn good job of that. I mean, the E. Carroll, uh, yeah. uh, the E. Jean Carroll thing, you know, could, you know, most, he didn't do it, but they, they could still win on well, that, most, all in hearsay. Most people say. Like uh, uh, like uh, Dershowitz and people like that say that if it were somebody other than Trump, the case would never get to court. But right. because it's Trump, it's going to get to court, and it'll be an issue. I mean, you think about it, friends. I might just think for a second. We're talking about something that happened in the mid '90s. Now she's not even sure of what year. She can't tell you whether it was '95 or '96. Or the month, 
she she's knows it was the mid nineties, but she's not sure of the year. She says it happened in Bergdorf Goodman. I think that's the name of the store. Uh, if I remember, that's a big department store in the, in New York. A lot of people walking around, but she said that she was upstairs. I think she said in the uh, was it in the women's department, and supposedly. During a, a regular day, there was nobody on the floor. There was nobody on the floor of a big, successful, active, open department store. And that's how it happened. Now, you ask people about that store, it's always busy. It's sort of like a, a little Macy's, you know. It's, I can go to small town USA where a population does not exist, but they have some kind of even a five and dime store, but they have any kind of store or department store. Uh, I would venture to say even now in this economy, I could still go in and there's going to be somebody in there, quite a few people enough to where you're not going to be able to get away with something like that without being seen or caught. Yep. Absolutely. And you know that even, even, even at the slowest times of the day, there's still always somebody walking around somewhere on the floor. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just the way it is. But she said there was nobody on the floor. She was all by herself with Donald Trump. And Donald Trump, by the way, now you have to you have to imagine this. He was 35 years younger than he is now. So let's say he was maybe uh, late 30s. And if you early look 40s. at 40s. Yeah. If you look at the, Donald Trump at his late 30s, early 40s, he was a real good looking young guy. Kind of a movie star, handsome kind of young guy. I know. And he was, Almost as good looking as you or me. Well, let's not, let's, not, let's not get crazy about that. But, <laughs> but, the, thing, but the thing is, you, he was also worth multi-multi-millions of dollars, if not a billionaire already. So here's a guy who has the world by the tail. He has beautiful wives. He's already got a, uh, a handsome young family at the time. And you're telling me that he had to... He had to force himself on this lunatic who, by the way, she's, she admits publicly that she sexually harassed Roger Ailes, who at the time was, was the head of Fox News. She, she may, and she laughed about it. So it's okay for her to sexually harass Roger Ailes and admit it, but she's saying that she was raped by Donald Trump? you got to be kidding. And what's amazing is this, this judge... These judges, by the way, you have to wonder whether they were specifically chosen for these cases. I mean, it wasn't like a random pool and his name came up next. It's like, okay, the Trump case, we got to get the most anti-Trump guys to hear mm -hmm. these cases. Uh, we're being we're being punked here, friends, by the left, and it's it's it is a planned operation. And what you said a little while ago, Bill, is true. They're going to drag these things out. You know the Georgia case, another nothing case. Oh yeah, this summer it's going to heat up because yeah. they're going. To, they've already said it. They plan it, and they're going to do it. They're going to indict and arrest Trump. But the only difference about them is they are going to try to lock him up and detain him for this. Now there's somebody else that's coming up. And I don't have the story in front of me. I was reading it last night mm -hmm. where they have some other kind of, you know, phone conversations. And they're going to say that predated the the insurrection and it's proof. Well, it, it doesn't prove anything, you know, and what they're saying is, well, it's proof that they didn't believe the election. And that because they didn't believe that the election was real. That made them, you know, basically a treasonous act to even talk about that. And I'm sorry, but you know what? If you don't believe something to be true, you have the right to that opinion, and you have the right to ask the questions. And, you know, they've never answered the question. Well, they have. It never happened. Okay, I want to prove it. Here's no, the, you don't have to do that. Uh, take my word for it. That's your proof. Here's the dilemma we have right now, okay? A lot of people say, well, you know, What's happening with these cases is election interference, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's blatant. Trump is an announced candidate by uh, and, and the front runner in a party, and he's being interfered with by all of these frivolous nonsense lawsuits. 
And that should be blatant election interference. Now, if Congress were to do something, here's their dilemma. They can't come out and put a bill or a law together that says that we can't put, you know, you can't go after and interfere with a a running candidate for the presidency uh, because you're interfering. Because they may have to charge Joe Biden for his crimes, you see, and if and if they charge Joe Biden, if they impeach him or charge him with with, with treason with his for his acts in, in China, if you have a law like that in place about interfering with a candidate, Biden is an, an announced candidate for the presidency. It would apply to him too. Do you know what I'm saying? You wouldn't mm-hmm. be if if you if you can't go after Trump because it's election interference, then you can't impeach or charge Biden because that could be said to be election interference too. So my suggestion to Congress is get off your butt now and do something. Yeah. Well, this is a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword uh, sword because if they get Trump right now on some stupid charge, then they win. But if they don't get him on some stupid charge and Trump wins, they can come back and take all of this and rehash that same old story again. Well, you know, Trump interfered with the election, and that's how he won. He stole the election, just like he planned to steal it before. That narrative is not going to change, you know, come hither or yar, no matter which way this You know what else has to happen? Some lying people, some lying press people have got to face justice, too. No, oh, yeah. there has to be some ju- if you're lying openly and blatantly to the public in our society, if you're creating a narrative that is untrue so that you can you, you can influence the public to, to go in a certain direction, you're not reporting you're propagandizing <laughs> if there's such a word you, you're you're spreading propaganda. you are doing something to to I, maybe I'm wrong. But so many people in the media are really not, they're just not journalists. They are. None of them are, as far as I'm concerned. That's, well, most of, I agree with you. Most of them aren't. Uh, I looked at Tucker. He was in the, he, he used to say that he was a journalist. I think he really was a journalist. I think there were a handful. The Glenn Greenwalls out there, the Tucker Carlsons, uh, they are, in my opinion, uh, journalists. But then you get these other ridiculous people, you know, and, and then you have the, the, the cable news channels, and most of them are just Ken and Barbies. They, you know, oh, yeah. you have to have a, a, a nice haircut. You can't have any receding hair. No, 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 no. You have to have a nice haircut. You have to, usually if you're at Fox, you should be blonde. It's almost like a prerequisite. And if you're not blonde, could you be blonde before we do your audition? Uh, those kind of things. But... Uh, and, you know, if you think those things aren't important in today's media, think again. I mean, oh, they are. There are so many journalists who were around back when I was a kid. I mean, Edward R. Morrow, the, the famed Edward R. Morrow, who mm-hmm. died of lung cancer, he always had a cigarette in his hand. Even during his, uh, his interview program, he'd be sitting talking to, to a guest and he'd have a cigarette in his hand. But, I mean, he didn't have a great face for television. He didn't have the, quote, looks, he, but his questions were interesting, and they were journalistic. Well, uh, there were more radio back then, though, with news and everything. TV, you know, was kind of the bastard stepchild for a long time. Yeah, you're right. You know, if you remember Walter Cronkite, when he first made his step over to television, he had receding hair, and he used to comb his hair straight back. Okay, so to emphasize almost the receding hairline. Right. And, and you know, people didn't judge him for it. And as the media became more sophisticated, I mean, television, over the years, uh, and he got older, he then let it grow a little bit and he combed it over to the side, which gave him more of a hair look. And uh, But even that, Walter wasn't your stereotypical uh, news anchor in appearance guy. He was no anything but. You know, the funny thing is, he was basically a liberal, but he knew that he couldn't take yeah. that side. So his way of saying, 
Yeah, there's another side to this coin, and that's the way it is. I'm Walter Conkright. Yeah. But that's the way it is. That's was his the way CBS of saying, Evening News. Good night. He was, he was, uh, he was careful to always try to be neutral. I mean, he was like Bill said, a liberal, uh, but he didn't believe in letting that spill over into his reports. He believed that he had an obligation to be journalistically pure, if you know what I mean. Uh, and Somewhere along the line, I would say probably when CNN uh, came on the scene, it it really changed. And you say, well, why CNN initially was very neutral, and it was CNN initially for the first fifteen years or ten of yeah, about maybe fifteen to twenty years of its, its existence was really the place to go for news because they prided themselves in it. And then something happened. Then something happened. Something was handed down from corporate. And uh, everything changed. Yeah, wasn't that about the time Fonda came into uh, Ted Turner's life? You know, I think she was married to him back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. But you know that she had an influence. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that took a uh, street sign business. Yeah. You know, the little marquee lights with the arrow. Turner Advertising, right. Yeah. Yep. strippers ahead or whatever yeah, yeah. whatever it was <laughs> yeah uh, yeah he had those signs and then you know tv station oh we'll make it a super station channel 17 br- atlanta yep yeah uh and yeah, by the I way it was the- it was a nothing station at the time oh, yeah. it was it was dying channel 17 in, a, in atlanta i think it was and he, turner bought it and he figured well how can i get people to watch this because at the time uhf wasn't the big deal you know and no. uh, he 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 called it a superstation, superstation yeah. WTBS, because and he got on the satellite because you could rent a satellite bird I think at the time for nothing fifteen hundred yeah. bucks a month and you shoot your signal up and it goes down to everybody if the cable systems picked it up, and they did because they needed late night programming, you know, and he had those you know uh, up all night shows and stupid he shows. had he had old sitcoms and TV series and. And uh, it was clever programming. It was. It looked like network programming. He designed the whole thing to have a slick image, and mm-hmm. the cable system said, "You know, we can probably sell this as a plus. We'll call it the Superstation." And he didn't refer to himself as Channel Seventeen Atlanta. It was T- WTBS, the Superstation. And, yeah, and uh, you, you know, you could buy commercials on the dang thing uh, for. You know, 20 bucks. <laughs> uh, less than that, you know, you could sit there and say, I'm going to air these spots from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., you know. Well, you weren't advertising anything good, you know. You were, uh, call 1-900, blah, 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 and meet your dream day today. But if that spot cost you $3.25, yeah. you know, and you got 20 calls out of it because it went all over the country. Yeah. You, you know, you made bank, and then all of a sudden GN and Chicago started doing it. Other stations and, you know. And then he bought other transponders on the satellite. And back in 1980, I think it was, uh, he came on with. You can't do this today. Pardon? You couldn't do that today. No, then he came on with CNN, the cable news network. And it was an experiment because nobody was doing it. It was all. made it? All news all the time. Yeah, but what made it was what happened. In uh, what was it, Kuwait, the uh, the Iraq, well, the, the Iraq War, yeah. the Iraq, in nineteen ninety two, the first Gulf, yeah. the first Gulf War, uh, was the war because I can remember watching uh, Wolf their, Blitzer and one of their anchors. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Uh, it was over in Iraq when the war broke out, and he was almost he was kind of trapped, and they were doing a live report from this dark building that he was hiding in and um and i can remember seeing the explosions and the bombs going off and it was visually uh compelling you had to sit and watch it and it was the and i wasn't the only one watching it apparently because that was about the time that cnn took off and then the network it happened again with 9-11 when yeah. when nine eleven happened, everyone went to 
CNN, and by that time, Fox. It was, it was the booster shot for Fox News too. The different, you know, Fox News at the time, their main studios were in, and they still are in New York City. Whereas CNN, their headquarters were in Atlanta. They had a satellite facility in New York, but you knew that when you were watching Fox and they had all the reporters down at the uh, at the World Trade Center, uh, that they had everything they had down there. Whereas CNN was scrambling, you know, yeah. and uh, um, I mean, so Fox really got a booster shot from their coverage of uh, of nine eleven. But see, then they then they got a little greedy and a little cocky and a little confident confident. And then they started to believe their own press clippings about how important they were, which leads to what happened to Tucker last week. I truly believe, right. uh, I truly believe that uh, Rupert Murdoch uh, believed it could do anything it wanted to do. It could do anything it wanted to do. It could, by the way, that noise you heard in the background, that was Bill moving his mic. That wasn't my stomach. Uh, sure. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they could fire they could fire their number one personality and there'd be no repercussions because, after all, they're Fox and people are going to watch us anyway. Wrong, wrong, wrong. This time around, people have turned them off and have walked away. Yeah. You know, after 2020, people said they were going to leave. But then there was Tucker. And a lot of people figured, well, I got to see Tucker because he's, he's still truthful. And that was the hook that brought the people back. There's no Huck, there's no Tucker anymore. Well, you know, they said that though when O'Reilly left. Oh, there's no O'Reilly. You know, and Tucker probably wasn't meant to do what he did, but Tucker Tucker took that bull by the horns and wrestled it to the ground and won. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe Fox has got somebody in the works or somebody in the background that will step up and do something like that, and that's what they're waiting for. But I don't know that you can. I mean, you know, the, Let me the ask game you, is... You ever heard the expression, once, shame on you, twice, shame on me? Right. That, it means, all right, if you do it one time and I, I, I forgive you and then you do, you do it again, that's my fault. But if you, if you shaft me twice and I, and I forgive you twice, well, that's my own fault for, for allowing you to do that. People have given Fox their break. A lot of people yeah. gave Fox their break in 2020. They went back and, I mean, heck, Tucker was getting four and a half million people a night. That means a lot of people who were angry at Fox after 2020 had gone back to watch him. I think the uh, night after they got rid of Tucker, they had 1.3 million people watching as opposed right. to four. They lost a lot of people. Big, big, big well, loss. You know, the Internet has never really become what – everyone hopes it to be or can be. It just hasn't happened yet. And as far as it, the media world goes, it's still a baby. We haven't figured it out yet. But Tucker could hold the key to where he is going to be the baby that grows the Internet up as a medium, blows it up. Because if we're talking 12 million people last Wednesday mm -hmm. that tuned in to 47, see him, Yeah, 47 million total. Okay, that that just that more than ten times uh, times the the total of ever every network combined, I'm, you know, and take all their numbers and then sit there and multiply it by right. ten. You take two former radio announcers, right, and yeah. uh, they start a talk program, a podcast, uh, with no promotion, nothing, zero. Yeah. I mean. They just started doing the show about a year and a half ago, and now we've got tens of thousands of people listening to us. Some say in the millions listening around the world. Right. Uh, and we don't have the reputation that Tucker has by any stretch of the imagination. Even though you know we both have extensive careers in the media, in big markets, nobody had the exposure that a guy like Tucker has had. Tucker's had massive television exposure. So we've had success with a relatively little promotion. Can you imagine what Tucker's going to do for the podcasting business, the arena, the arena that we're in? Well, you know, the, the media is making fun of, oh, Tucker lost here, he lost there, he lost everywhere. 
But what Tucker found was a home where he could come of age and be himself and find his niche and find his audience. And he did. And the, the internet offers that nobody, you know, I see all these guys doing podcasts. I've guessed it on a few podcasts and it's all superfluous BS. You know, I used to always tell people and I had a station that had talk and I'd sit there and say, you know, you got the power of the spoken word, have a point, you know, say something, even if it's, you know, considered stupid, Take it, take something and own it because somebody will find you and go, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. And that's what you want to find is your niche, your audience and boom. Now we do play it safe on certain areas. And I will admit that one of the, one of the things that we do is um, we don't go and drop the F bomb. You know, we're not bar room conversation. We're, you know, dinner table conversation, the whole right. family can be there on it. And then, and that might be a wise move. That might be a detrimental move. I think it's a wise move because at some point in time, not everybody wants to hear, you know, F this. And I, th screw I think that a lot of people use it for the shock value. I really do. I, I, especially inexperienced broadcasters. They get in front of a microphone. A lot of these young people, if you watch their podcast and they just, Throw it out there like it's nothing. Oh, you know, mm -hmm. and and it's wrong. It is wrong. It, you're you're insulting your listener. It's like being a comedian because comedians sit there and they tell a joke and it's not funny. Nobody laughs, so they add the f word into it or do this or that, and the shock value wins. Red Skelton used to sit there and say anybody can be funny if they want to use, you know, dirty props and dirty jokes. But a real comedian can sit there and be clean and kick the wall down, kick a yeah. brick wall down with just clean, straight humor. And, and that's, you know, that is the defining moment. If you can sit there and cut through without having to go over that fence and not just Bill, wallow in the mud, but swim in it. It's the kitchen, know? our kitchen table philosophy. I, I really believe that you, you, imagine yourself sitting around a kitchen table with your family would you be throwing the F-bomb around so casually in front of your children, your your wife? Well, but, you know, I got to ask you, you know, now I'm going to throw the ball on the other side of the fence here and into the mud. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people sit at home and they, well, you know, tonight I'm just going to sit around with a kid and watch TV. And so you turn on something and most everything is at least a PG, if not an R rating. An R rating means it's going to have some nudity and very foul language, and you're sitting there watching it with your kid. What's yeah. the message you're sending? It's okay. okay. It's okay to talk like that. Yeah, that's true. It's got to be tougher, by the way, for the children to grow up nowadays than it was for us because they're inundated with stuff that we never had to deal with. I mean, as a no. kid. Go ahead. No, I was going to say no. We didn't have to do it. And, you know, as a, a child learns by example. And if the example we said is like, well, you know what, tune out that language, tune out that sex scene and that gay thing going on over there, tune that out too. Well, you can't. You're seeing it right there before your eyes. Now, I'm not here to judge one way or the other. When I was a kid, uh, the the if people talked about you, they did it behind your back. It was like in the locker room or something like that. Now, when they talk about kids, they do it on the Internet. And everybody mm -hmm. sees it. And kids have to deal with this. Pornography, They're, when I was a kid, if you if your buddy got a copy of Playboy, oh, that was a big deal. You know? I mean, what's that all about? Nowadays, at the tip of their finger, they can access she Marjorie Taylor Greene said it today. She said Pornhub, right? It's it's right there for anybody to access at any time, and it is the most graphic pornography you can imagine. It's the kind of stuff that when I was a kid, people would have been arrested for. Mm -hmm. Well, now, you know, you got a former president's daughter who says, oh, pornography in school is good. Chelsea Clinton thinks it's healthy for kids yeah. to see pornography. Now, if you remember going back to, you know, when we were young, oh, if you got a Playboy magazine, oh, you know, well, you know, you might have gotten a hold of a magazine, oh, and you put it under your mattress to hide it. And then one day you come home from school, your bed's all made, your 
Your room is all neat. You were supposed to make your bed in the morning, but there's only one thing. Sitting on top of the nicely made bed is a magazine that, wait a minute, that was under the bed. I was in the, she knows. Let me tell you about another thing that you have to be concerned with. Um, the left controls the media in all of its forms. It, it, it controls movies. It controls television. It controls books. And I only say that because I, I was watching uh, I was watching Brad Meltzer make a comment on the Internet. He's a writer, a very successful mm -hmm. writer of fiction. And he's written some good stuff. And he used to have a TV show about uh, interesting things in the world. I forgot it was called what it was called, but it was... It was an interesting program. He hosted it on the History Channel. But he was talking about censoring books, and he was talking about how you have to be careful about censoring books. And at first you, at first glance, you, you say, yeah, of course. But he's not talking about censoring good books. He's talking about censoring books in general. He's talking about the right trying to keep the pornography books out of the library, keeping the the books that we're trying to eliminate from the elementary schools out of the library. He's made, they equate the pornography and the garbage with good books. Now that's the problem. The problem is, is they've, they've made it so that anything that has a binder is a book and shouldn't be censored. And that is wrong. Trust me. When I was a kid, if someone went into, uh, into uh, the library and had a pornographic book, you know, Lady Chatterley's Lover or something like that. It didn't get put on the shelf. It was censored because it wasn't, it was pornography. But now they're trying to make it sound like because people are trying to get rid of, you know, uh, the, that, for example, that book we talked about last week where two, it has two elementary school kids masturbating and pleasuring each other in the book, and they're fighting to keep that on the shelves of the elementary schools. And, and they're trying to make certain things the norm, and they're trying to desensitize us. Yeah. Uh, to where it, everything's acceptable. Yeah. Well, then our laws have got to change, and your kids are no longer off limits to uh, predators. They're, they're fair game in this current woke administration and, uh, you know, leaders that we have. Your kids are fair game. And I mentioned about the media being owned and run by the left because, trust me, you have to you have to look at everything that you read and see right now from the view that it's not coming from a neutral point of view. Uh, even like Brad Meltzer, I, I, like the, I like his books and stuff like that, but uh, when you hear him talking, you know, okay, he's, he's woke. He's woke. Mm -hmm. And you wonder how many great writers – like me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Had to get that, that plug in that there, was a little, Had to get that yeah. plug in there. One plug. But but because I'm conservative, I'll never get the promotion that a guy who is woken from the left would get. I look at the clock on the wall, my friend. We've done it again. Another show, our first of the week. Going to be an interesting week because I think a lot of stuff is going to happen this mm. week. I can feel it. You know, well, Hunter could be in jail tomorrow. You know that, right? Well, well why? And and tell the audience why. Well, the reason you know the the uh, the uh, the laptop. The, oh, no, you're talking about no, Ari Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah, because the judge there, lady judge, said, "Look, you have not showed up for one single hearing. This is not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Today is a hearing day. You don't you don't show up. You go to jail, sir. Ooh, ooh. Now, one of now the laptop you since you mentioned it. His attorney said, yeah, we're looking for, we have another Hunter uh, laptop that's uh, in a repair shop somewhere. Are you serious? So there's another one this, out there. This guy's dropping off laptop. You think he was handing out, like, uh, business cards. Here, take this laptop. Here, take this well, laptop. Well, the last one was full of photos. You know, it's like dropping off a roll of film at your local uh, photo developer. It used to be a Walmart, or well, I guess you still could. <laughs> You know, I guess he's dropped off another one. You know, I got a, got some photos on there. Could you retrieve them for me? I never could understand oh. why a guy would leave a laptop and just never go back for it. But that's, I mean, if if I leave a laptop somewhere, I'm going back for it. It's, I think his was a Mac. And, and so MacBooks are, are, are more expensive than your average uh, Microsoft DOS-based, you know. But the problem is he didn't go to the, you know, wherever he left it off and go, hey, I want my Mac back, Jack. 
He never did that. So <laughs> then he should have. to make it rhyme. Uh, hey, listen, if you want to call us, my fo- our phone number, I don't want to give you my phone number. You've been calling my house. Sure, no. yeah, uh, go ahead. Your wife would love that. <laughs> our phone number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. And then there's mail at itsanotherday.com, and there you have it, America. How to get in touch with Jim and Bill. Yes, and it's important because, uh, you know, if you want to send money, <laughs> you have to know how to reach us. So 833-538-7868 or mail at itsanotherday.com. I guess you could send over the cryptocurrency account that you've uh, opened up in our name. That's true, you know. Yeah, that way, you know. Just as long as it's that. not from the same account as Sam yeah. Bankman-Fried. Sam Bankman-Fried. You never hear anything about him anymore, by the way, do you? Sam Bankman-Fried. He's no, the- I, think there's, I think there's actually a legal proceeding going on against him this uh, week. This week. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I mean, here's a guy who blew people's money, and because he was friendly to the people on the left, it's disappeared. <laughs> Just like we're going to do right now. Have a great day, my friend. Poof! I'm out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>